1: Welcome to the Corona Premier Golf Show on one WSBT, the sports leader. I'm Darren Pritchett, John Foster and Tim Firestone will join me in just a couple of moments. This is the final golf show for 2019. The Open Championship at Royal Portrush Golf Club in Portrush, Northern Ireland. Entering today's third round, J.B. Holmes and Shane Lowry lead the way at minus eight. Two shots in front of Tommy Fleetwood and Lee Westwood, Brooks Koepka. Jordan Spieth from the United States are at minus five. When the U.S. Senior Open was at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, Tom Watson, who knows all about Open Championships, was asked about this year's venue at Royal Portrush in Portrush, Northern Ireland. Wonderful, great golf course. I think it's um,
2: you yeah, it's just a great example of a, of a great links golf course. Ultimately fair um, with no wind, I think they'll shoot pretty low. Uh, I think they can hide some of the flags even with no wind and keep them from going really, really low. Uh, but with the normal Irish winds there, it's going to be a test. Did you get a sense of how big a moment this is going to be for, for that area given the Open yes, championship? I did. Yeah, It was in stands from 2013 when they held the Irish Open there. To um, you know, the is from Darren Clark, I played with Clark a year about a month ago, and you know, he lives uh, two drivers from the golf course right there. And he said, that, you know, the, the excitement that uh, the people in Ireland have for this tournament is beyond you know, beyond the pale. I said, they, you know, they sold 45,000 tickets out in six weeks. Uh, season tickets, first time they've done that. The RNA. Um, you know they. You know I don't know if they're going to continue that template, but uh, it work, It will work it there, and I think that. Uh, uh, yeah, it'll. You know, if you had a if you had a 20 mile an hour wind, that golf course is all you want. But it's ultimately it's fair, and the beauty of it is um, is bar none, probably the prettiest golf course over there, that we play in the rotation.
1: Some of the notables that missed the cut, Roy McIlroy, 79 in the opening round, came back with a 65, missed the cut by one. And for the first time in their history, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson both missed the cut in the same major. Tiger shot 78-70, Mickelson 76-74. A conversation with John Foster, the GM of Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, coming up next on the Corona Premier Golf Show on WSBT. The golf show continues, brought to you by Corona Premier on 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. I'm Darren Pritchett, traveling with the South Bend Cubs, and I'm now joined by John Foster, the general manager of Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. And this is our final time talking to John for the 2019 Golf Show season. John, good to be with you. How are you this morning? I'm fine, Darren. Nice to be
3: speaking with you.
1: As well? Well, have you had a chance to catch your breath after the U.S. Senior Open? Yeah, you
3: know, um, and obviously a lot of people have asked that question, but seriously, Darren, I, I basically enjoyed golf, <laughs> watching golf that week. I mean, I had things to do, and I did them, but i think you know the preparation was so good from all parties involved Um, everybody did what they were supposed to do there was no chaos and i just had a good time that was the whole idea
1: you know john it did seem like the golf tournament ran very very smoothly other than a a birdhouse being brought into the conversation other than that (laughs) i I mean really i don't know if it could have went any better other than that rain that occurred on wednesday but just from uh, a The golf tournament yep. unfolding and all the mechanics—it seemed to go very, very well. It, it did, you know, I, from the
3: outside, which is the most important uh, part. From people, you know, looking in, it, it appeared that way, and, and from the inside, it was the, that way. We had um, rave reviews from the USGA, and more importantly, I think the players, in terms of, you know, their their aspects of the of the championship, they were pleased. They all loved the golf course. Um, but the other things that they experienced while they were here, uh, they were really unique. You know, they're not used to doing the types of things we were able to offer them <laughs> with the, you know, having the campus here. And so, in the, in the fans I've spoken with who were here had a great time. And uh, I know the university officials, that uh, the leadership that I've spoken with, um, that were able to see it on TV and the calls that we've gotten from around the country, around the world, I think it showed very well on television too, there. So, uh,
1: yeah. It's good all around, buddy. I'm I'm with you. I thought the golf course looked spectacular on television. It looked like a USGA golf course. And I think as the golf course played in the tournament number 17, the par 5, with that Mm -hmm. little bunker in front and the cameras behind the green, I just thought that was a spectacular look. And it it made that hole look totally different to me.
3: It it, it did. I think a lot of people... Failed to recognize what hole was being played for a couple reasons. I mean, as you know, we yep. rerouted and played in a different order than some than most people are accustomed to playing the golf course. And then when you throw the stands and some of the other stuff you're in, uh, I know people are having trouble getting their bearings as to what what was what. But uh, sure, yeah, yeah. So
1: I'll tell you what, John. Though I think the rerouting the golf course made a whole lot of sense. Just as someone that. Had a South Bend Cubs game during the final round. Mm-hmm. I actually got out for the final nine holes of the mm-hmm. Stricker-Toms group. And following them was so very easy with the routing. In fact, I really liked the way the golf course set up for the ending with the mm-hmm. par 4, par 3, par 5, and then the par 4. I just thought it, it provided a good challenge at the end of the golf tournament. There yeah. was some risk-reward. On the par 4.15 and the par 5.17. So I thought yeah. even though the golf tournament was decided, Strick right. was in control of the golf tournament, I thought the golf course played perfectly with the setup and with the way that the holes were routed. I thought that was mm-hmm. a great way to end the golf tournament. And I think as the plan was, it made for better walking for the fans. It was just a whole lot easier getting from hole to hole yeah. compared to if you went 16, yeah. 17, 18 the way we play it.
3: Yeah, that was one of the big issues, um, and, and one of the unintended consequences of the routing, though, know, that we really didn't know until later, uh, Darren, asked, mm-hmm. and if you think about it, okay, we had a, we, we had two pods of people here, basically, we had the people around the clubhouse with, you know, 12 being here, 13, the finishing holes, um, a lot of activity here, and then we had it out near the entrance, where you had the main entrance there, then you had 16, uh, 15, 16, 17, so on, well, what happened on Sunday and Saturday, I think the heat had a lot to do with it, but the majority of the people out on the west end of the golf course the finishing holes were parked in Whitefield. And because there wasn't really a close finish, um, on, as, as the leaders were coming around and heading towards uh-huh. this end, the clubhouse, they didn't follow because it's like, okay, I have to walk all the way up there. Then i got to walk all the way back out to my car in Whitefield, and it's a mm-hmm. lesson learned. You know, if we'd ever do something again, we, we have a solution to that, I believe, But um, and it, it wouldn't be rerouting holes of be doing with where our main entrance is and how we bring people into the golf course. So despite okay. that, I mean, we still exceeded 100,000 people for the week, which was our goal. We, we mm. I think we could have done 115 to 120, had it not been 90 degrees and and humid (laughs) Saturday and Sunday. Um, But despite all that, I mean, I'm nitpicking at this point. Um, The the players loved it. I thought it was interesting about the reroute was how difficult the second, third, fourth, and fifth holes played. Uh, Or I'm -hmm. sorry, the third, fourth, fifth holes, which is our uh, 18th, 10th, 11th, and and 12th hole. Um, I mean, the, the, the 11th hole, was the longest par three in senior open history on Sunday. It played 250. Wow. And they were struggling. I mean, it was it was kind of fun watching them play that hole. Uh, I think only about 20% of the players hit the green. Uh, so despite wow. the score that you saw, um, it's not that easy. I, no. It made me want to start playing again. Evidently, it's really easy out there, <laughs> according to the Stricker and to Um But I think what you saw on Sunday was what we wanted to present through the whole championship, which only three guys broke par on Sunday. We finally got the course dried out. And there weren't exactly tricky hole locations either. It's just the course was playing firm and fast, and it it changed the Mm -hmm. whole complexion. But by then, a little bit too late.
1: Yeah, no doubt. The rain on Wednesday changed everything. Yeah. So from the standpoint, John, of Notre Dame being associated with the U.S. Senior Open, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's probably if you wrote down a list of four or five players you would have loved to win your championship that would have been a great representative of your championship and a popular win would Steve Stricker had fallen into that category?
3: Yeah, he'd been top three, I think, uh, Darren, for sure given his his character, his Midwest roots uh, the way he deports himself you know, on the golf course, off the golf course and then the fact that he's still active on the, the regular tour, too uh, yeah, we, he would have been in the top three, for sure
1: in terms of the golf course, I, I'd be curious to know your thoughts. I thought the golf course played spectacular. I wonder, do you think if the USGA would have had it to do over, do you think they would have sped up the greens a little more? Um, um,
3: I don't know. They had that opportunity. You know, we yeah. it wasn't that they were afraid because they weren't healthy enough. Um, mm-hmm. I think, honestly, Darren, and they were, you know, the last day they were over 12, um, the meter. Yeah. So it's it's what had happened, I think, and they, they underestimated because of the amount of moisture that was in the greens and the there fact that go. they were so healthy that the growth that went on during the day kind of surprised them. So the in, mm-hmm. the groups in the afternoon were seeing slower greens because of the growth that occurred, and they're just not accustomed to that when uh, you're normally under these dry, firm conditions. You know, the grass isn't growing that, that quickly throughout the day. So the other thing to bear in mind, and... I talked to my superintendent, Matt, about this. I think he was frustrated sometimes that they weren't a little bit quicker, but they, the, the USGA's had a very successful championship season. They had a really successful women's Open. Yep. We all know how well Pebble Beach did. Not one complaint from players in either place. They were so afraid to get to do something <laughs> where the players might complain about course setup. I think they didn't say that, but that is my guess yeah. is what happened. You know, um, and And so... Yeah, they weren't lightning fast, but I think had they gotten much quicker, some of our greens would have been unplayable. You know, really? championship one. Is, yeah, and they they would be near that. Um, and the whole locations, I thought they could be more aggressive on, and they weren't as well. I think that would have made more of a difference than the green speed. These guys really adjust to green speeds quickly, especially really fast greens they felt well. But I thought there were some hole locations we could have utilized that would have maybe changed things a little bit. But, you know, despite all the second-guessing and 2020 yep. vision into the, into the past, Stricker was going to win. I don't care if the greens were at 6 <laughs> or at 16. He, he yeah. was definitely the best player on the course that whole week.
1: Yeah. And, you know, John, just bringing that up, that wasn't a complaint. That was just more about the golf course didn't have a yeah. whole lot of defense when it was so... Right wet for the first couple of days, and that's why I kind of thought, boy, if they speed up the greens a little bit, maybe that would offset yeah. that, but but I don't know anything about keeping greens healthy, so that was just a general dumb sure. gulp person wondering if, no, no, if that no, would have no. made any difference it, at all. So
3: No, it's legit. I think it could have made a difference uh, to some degree. I, I, you know, people talk about the wet condition, and, and they were like, well, you know, it didn't rain after Wednesday, but the, it was so humid, none of yeah. the water was leaking, yeah. the, the soil but more as much as the greens being softer, the fairways were soft. So you know how wide they are, and that's the whole design concept. The ball wasn't rolling out into the rough the way it would have had the fairways been firm. Very few of these guys played from the rough all week, and the rough was pretty nasty. It just was a non-factor. Mm-hmm. And the faster fairways are, the more narrow the fairways become. And so they took advantage of the width of the core crenshaw design, and, and Ben and Bill were here. Uh, that week, and and actually, I had you know some people ask them why didn't they tighten up the fairways for um, for the championship? They're asking the USGA too, and Benville thats not our design concept. You know, our, our concept is whipped off at the key, lines into the the green strategy. Uh, and had we narrowed those, number one, it wouldn't have been a true core crenshaw. But then we'd have to put it back because you know we are a public golf course and we'd be looking at five-and-a-half-hour rounds out here if these fairways were as narrow as they thought they should have been. So, you know, again, it was a true core crenshaw, All the players loved it, Uh, and not only because a lot of them scored well on it. Even the ones that didn't play well were very complimentary, and and the word fair was used a lot, which which we took as a compliment to the golf course was fair.
1: I said this to you after watching that golf tournament. I don't know how I ever broke 80 once on that golf course because it just seemed a whole lot tougher watching it on TV and <laughs> watching those golfers out there. Maybe it was the USGA flags or the grandstands, but yeah. I don't know how yeah. I ever broke 81 that one time on that golf course. That's for sure. Hey, well, you're just playing from a little your bit different tee boxes too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yes, just a tad bit, just, just a little. Yes. From uh, maybe a a fun story or the favorite thing you saw during the U.S. Senior Open Week at Warren Golf Course, is there anything Mm -hmm. that stands out to you, John?
3: One of the stranger things that happened, and you brought it up earlier, was the uh, birdhouse incident, which I wasn't (laughs) even aware happened. I heard it anecdotally from one of the USGA rules guys who was called in, and this has to do with, for people who aren't, aren't familiar, Darren Clark's caddy, Darren had was in the rough on our championship 11th hole, and there was a birdhouse uh, that he felt was in his line, that that he would be playing, and the USGA ruled that that was not the case. Well, he wanted it moved anyway, so he told his caddy to pull it out of the ground. He did unsuccessfully try, and then he started going back and forth trying to work it out of the ground, and in the process, a baby bird fell out of it, which most (sighs) viewers didn't see. I, I had to go back and slow down the tape to see it so he gets slapped, a two-stroke penalty for, you know, not returning them. Um, they were basically messing with an immovable obstruction is what it was. He gets slapped to He goes crazy on uh, the official. He's still griping all the way down to 12th green. And so I thought that was the end of it Till I got in the next morning and had a message on my voicemail from a lady from Chicago who told me that what she witnessed yesterday on, with the Darren Clark, uh, incident, and the birdhouse was a violation of the Federal Migratory Bird Act, and she wanted the caddy arrested. And so... <laughs> And so, you know, what do you do? Well, I just so happened to be having lunch with the USGA and, the, and Bill Warren and Corin Crenshaw. And I asked Mike Davis from the USGA if he wanted to handle that one. And, and he told me that they had a head of security here. And it was actually the, the guy who was driving around, Jack Nicholas. That's the guy who was driving Jack. He's, he's kind of his personal chauffeur whenever Jack shows up to these things. So I looked Don up. And I got to meet Jack Nicholas, and that, that was the one time I got to speak nice. with Jack, and I was explaining sl- Slanted Don, and Jack goes, what? He's like, <laughs> what happened? And then I also asked Jack, I said, would you like to handle this? You've got a lot more credibility than me. Maybe she'd listen to you. And he goes, I don't talk to crazy people, John. <laughs> <laughs> so long story short, we were all laughing about it, and Sunday... Uh, Don, the security guy, comes up and says that it was indeed a violation of the (laughs) protected species, the Migratory (laughs) Bird Act. And he had actually contacted an agency in um, um, Washington that had to do with fisheries and wildlife. And the guy said it didn't rise to the occasion of a um, of an arrest, but (laughs) it could have. And so that's... That's probably my story of the week. I spent a good three, four hours trying to deal with it, but there was no way I was going to call her back. Uh, So eventually they (laughs) did call her back, and she was satisfied with the rule. Oh, good. So,
1: yeah. (laughs) So there you go. Well, I have a feeling that birdhouse may have some pictures taken with it, possibly with people coming through, that's for sure. I, I think so. (laughs) A couple more to wrap things up here. First, what has the reaction been to people playing the golf course following the U.S. Senior Open playing a setup very similar?
3: Well, I mean, there was a couple things that came from it, and this was planned, and and thankfully it's happening the way we thought. The demand is just through the roof to play the course. And and I don't think it's necessarily a short-term thing, Darren. I mean, it, it is now, but I don't see this... You know, uh, slowing down much into the future, and it, uh, obviously we wanted to raise the profile of the place, but it showed so well on TV. The players were so complimentary, and here's the real: when I um, I spoke with Faxon and, and uh, Strange a number of times throughout the week, they they had questions and stuff. And I said, I told them what the um, green fee was here. And Brad said on air, he said, you know, i got to believe this is the best golf out here in the United States to be able to play a court Crenshaw course uh, for, for what you can play here and the oh. fact that it's public. Well, you cannot believe the people that have called and are out here playing and have been for the last three weeks because they had no idea this is a public golf course. So, see? And, and and yeah, and the value that you do get, we've had people who've canceled golf trips to other areas of the country and came here because they saw it on TV. So the, the immediate response, I mean, our business, we can't, we're turning people down right and we'll have to play the golf course, which is, uh, that's not going to continue forever, but I think you're going to see a ratcheting up of the demand for the course, and that's exactly what we wanted to do with the championship. How exciting.
1: That's yeah, awesome. pretty cool. That is yeah. fantastic news. Final question for you, Open Championship at Portrush, which is, I think, a fantastic golf course, a very fair round of golf for these guys, although yesterday, the second round, there was no win, so it was kind of defenseless, and some pretty good numbers were shot, but you've got J.B. Holmes and Shane Lowry at the top, Fleetwood and Mm -hmm. Westwood one back, and then... You got Rose at six, Spieth at five, Kepke at five. Let me just get your reaction to the golf course mm-hmm. and how do you think this is going to play out this weekend?
3: You know, I, I like the look of it, and based upon the player feedback, I think they do the same thing you said there, and they all love it. They think it's fair. You know, there's always an element of chance and luck on on uh, sure. Lynx courses, but this one here even though it's lengthy, it's it, it's all strategic as far as where you put the ball, what you hit and like you said the elements weren't exactly punishing these guys. but I think the weather's supposed to turn the last two days of the, mm-hmm. the championship and I you know I don't expect the scores to be the way they are now. I, I mean I think they'll still, go lower, but I don't think they're going to, you know, I think what what's leading eight under, we're not going to see yes. 16 under. I think in the 10 to 12 range, uh, again, if the weather turns, but it's really cool to see on TV. I, I you know, it's hard to tell having I mean, not played it, but you got to trust what the players are saying, and as we said earlier, they're not shy about criticizing something they don't like.
1: And I'll tell you what, John, that little area between your ears can really affect a person yeah. even a great player like Roy McElroy who shot oh, 61 Lord. on that course as a 16 year old the favorite everybody wanted to talk to him and he goes out and makes a quad on the first hole he goes 79 yeah. 65 and he, he's gonna miss the cut by one shot and so yeah. it just shows you excitement your brain working too much can affect the golf swing it's remarkable now
3: there's there is no doubt, and I feel so sorry for the guy because he was, you know, him and McDowell and, and Clark to a certain extent were instrumental in getting this thing there. And I know Roy was so looking forward to um, you know playing well, which he did with the exception of the first three holes. I believe the first three holes, yeah. he was, or four holes, he was seven over. And I think yeah. for the rest of the championship, you know, if you take the 65 he shot on Friday, um, he was below par. So it, it was really hard to watch, too. You know, um, and, but and, uh, you know, like you said, it's between the ears. It, although his swing was off yesterday, but I think that was a function of yep. or on Thursday was a function of the, the nerves and trying so hard.
1: Uh, and Clark was even going to his 18th hole Friday, and he made triple <laughs> and missed the cut. And he yeah. was very brisk going off the golf course, to say the least. Yeah, well, for you the almost, final time, you, this, you
3: almost thought oh. there had been a birdhouse there or something. You know? <laughs>
1: I was glad the caddy wasn't in handcuffs. I did actually look when the first round (laughs) got started.
3: (laughs) Brad Faxon Faxon texted me on Sunday night, and he said, uh, are you going to have Clark's caddy arrested, or did you spare him? And I texted back that we let the caddy off, the hook, but we're deporting Clark back to Ireland. So... So Brad was yeah. heading over to Wimbledon, and then he said he would pass it along to Darren if he happened to see him when he was in the U.K. So, oh, Yeah,
1: you know. that'd be great. <laughs> well, John, for the final time, why don't you tell our listeners what's happening at more and I think we just kind of mentioned how busy yeah. you've been, but why don't you pass along all the details, what's coming up the rest of the golf season?
3: Well, you know, we're, we're, we're really busy. You know, there's still availability, but, you know, we take two times, 14 days out. I would recommend people when the 14-day, um, advance, you know, rolls around give us a ring, but um, we're still in great shape. The non-playable areas, they're still you know taking structures down, and it's beat up, but as far as inside the ropes, it's, it's great right now. You know, of um, mm. course, it's never been better, so yeah, come on out and play us.
1: Congratulations to you and Matt and the entire staff. What a fun, Thanks, fun week. It was a thrill to watch it, to be a part of it, and I hope we get the chance to do it again. I'll just say that. Yep. Me too, Darren. Very good. All right, buddy. Hey, John, good to be with you this golf season, and we will talk to you again soon. You got it. See you. That's John Foster, the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. We'll come back with more of the Corona Premier Golf Show in just a moment. Tim Firestone will join me next. He's from Blackthorn, of course, on 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. Welcome back to the Corona Premier Golf Show on 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. I'm Darren Pritchett, traveling with the South Bend Cubs in Beloit, Wisconsin. It'll be South Bend and Beloit tonight at 8.05. It'll be very steamy here in Beloit, to say the least. I'm joined by Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club Signal Point in Niles, Michigan, for our final visit of the Corona Premier Golf Show season for 2019. Tim, how are you?
4: Good, Darren. How are you? I can't believe another season is being wrapped up here. It's kind of weird that this is the last major in July. I don't know how I feel about that.
1: You know, I was thinking the same thing Friday watching the second round of the Open Championship. They were remarking that this is it for the major golf season. I think the FedEx FedEx Cup is just so anticlimactic that it kind of feels like the golf season is ending. And I hope that's not bad for the golf industry because it feels like, Tim, sometimes... When there are big moments in golf that we see on TV, people want to go out and play. Like when Tiger won the Masters, there was a little surge, it seemed like, in the golf industry. So I hope that doesn't mean something negative is coming for the golf industry with really nothing to get excited about. you got the President's Cup coming up, but outside of that, it feels like the Masters is the next big event. I know, especially
4: with Tiger and Rory not playing great in the British. And um, I agree with you. I mean, it's definitely going to be an interesting fall to see, um, you know, how people respond to that. And, and, I mean, the President's Cup, as we've talked about before on the show, is just, I don't even know who watches it. You know what I mean? Unless you're a real diehard golf fan. um, You know, I just don't, uh, it doesn't generate a lot of excitement, I don't believe. So. We'll see how it all shakes out, but first things first, let's cool the temperatures down first. That would help.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, heat index of 110. Not great, but over there (laughs) in Northern Ireland, Tim... Royal Portrush Golf Club. We have not seen this golf course in the rotation for the Open since 1951. Of course, Northern Ireland has had their issues through the years and now a safer place to be. And the Open Championship is back. I'd just like to know first, what do you think of the golf course and how it's held up so far this week? I think it's awesome. I think it is a great golf
4: course, great venue. What I like about it, Darren, is that there's holes that you can make birdies, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities out there. The fifth hole, drivable par uh, four for the guys, and the par fives uh, are definitely birdie holes. But then you have some of those, foot number fourteen and eighteen, that are just monsters. Where there's obviously a lot of big numbers up there. I mean, if you look at Phil, Tiger, I me, mean, Rory played great Friday. Um... But uh, Adam Scott, plus seven. I mean, there's a lot of great elite players uh, that this golf course has come up and and been in the rear end. But I love it. I think it's a great golf course.
1: Tim, we go into the third round. You've got J.B. Holmes at minus eight, Shane Lowry at minus eight, Fleetwood and Westwood are one back at minus seven. J.B. Holmes is a really interesting story. Here's a guy that was on the varsity golf team as a third grader. He lettered <laughs> 10 times in golf because he was on the high school golf team. In 3rd grade he went overseas and actually played some links golf. And went to the university of kentucky this is a guy that's been you know pretty good for years but he's been quiet for a while he's been struggling i heard him say in an interview he went to the dominican to go play in the winds to try to figure out his golf game not something all of us do when we're struggling but whatever works (laughs) for the professionals i'd just like to know what you think about holmes and lowry so far atop the leaderboard and their chances this weekend
4: well i mean look jb bombs the ball and obviously he's hitting the ball straight he has that little cut and control. If he keeps in the fairway, he's going to be competitive. I think if I look at that leaderboard, uh, for me, um, I really, I'm kind of rooting for Lee Westwood. You know, I mean, the guy that's never won one. You haven't heard about him forever. Uh, he's, right. I think, one shot back or something, maybe two shots back, but um, he's kind of my, uh, my, guy that I'm rooting for on that leaderboard. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, those guys, Lowry and J.P. have never really – I guess J.P. had some, a good year, what, two years ago or three years ago, where he finished third at mm-hmm. the Masters, I think, or um, had a couple top tens in the majors. But um, I don't know. It's not that exciting of a leaderboard. Once you get down there, Spieth, I think is up there, and uh, a couple guys that could make it interesting. But um, I'm telling you, it's a lot of fun to watch just because there's so many birdies out there.
1: You ever heard of this Brooks Kepka guy right now that's at minus five? <laughs>
4: yeah. I don't, I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? I mean, he goes and plays in a regular tour event and, you know, barely makes the cut. But every time there's a major, the guy shows up and <laughs> is always in the hunt. And, I mean, again, it, 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 the rounds are out there. I mean, even with the weather and the blowing, I mean, these guys are still scoring. The golf course is so soft and so moist that they're able to, you know, hold these greens and um, – you know, Kepka could easily go out and shoot a 64 or 5 and put himself right in the lead. So,
1: Tim, you take Should a be look at some him. of the guys that... Yeah, no doubt. Some of the guys that missed the cut, Roy McIlroy went 79-65, missed the cut by one shot. Let's go to Tiger Woods. 78 on Thursday, plus 7. Came back yesterday with a 1-under par, 70, missed the cut at plus 6. Tim, it sure seems like after... He won the Masters. He has not been the same player. He took It took a lot of effort for him to win that championship. We heard about he was getting up at 4 a.m., working out, trying to get his back ready to play in each round of the Masters. And you just wonder, I don't know if he's ever recovered from winning the Masters. He has not looked the same. And physically, he did not look like a guy that really had a chance to win this Open Championship.
4: No, I mean, especially Thursday. I mean, he, I think the commentators were even mentioning it on TV as I was watching that he just was not moving well. You know, he didn't seem healthy. Um, it seemed like Friday's round, he kind of got it going a little bit, but then, you know, couldn't couldn't sustain it. Um, but I agree, and, and I think if you think about the emotion and the grind of what it took him to come back and win another major, I mean, I think you can, you can see why that could have, you know, put him in his place. I think also just physically, he's just not feeling great. And I think that, you know, what does that mean? I mean, and, if, and he's kind of in this double-edged sword where he's not playing competitive golf. How do you get ready for the majors? But yet when he plays in too many tournaments, he, he can't hold up. So it'll be an interesting 2020 to see. Obviously he'll get a lot of rest and ready to go for the masters again. And I think he probably believes that's his best chance to win. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, as he chases down Jack, but it sure doesn't seem at this point, Darren, it's got the physical tools to be able to hang in there and make a real run at Jack's record.
1: Augusta, no cold temperatures, no rough, good chance for Tiger to win there. And finally, Mickelson goes 76-74. Have you ever thought about fasting (laughs) for six days one week before a major to try to change your body shape and your luck on the golf course? I've never fasted for six hours, let alone six days. Um, but,
4: I, you know, he is such an interesting guy. And I, I, I think I've, I've even mentioned this before to you. And I know you've always been a big fan, but I never was yeah. until recently. And the guy now, I mean, his Instagram account and yeah. his Fireside Phil chats and. His personality, uh, I have become a huge fan of Phil's and rooting for him, but I think he's at that age where he's going to try anything to stimulate somehow winning another
1: major, you know? Without a doubt. Yeah, he's got some work to do, to say the least. Let me just switch gears for a second. The U.S. Senior Open, Steve Stricker won at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. How much did you enjoy watching Stricker go around that golf course and make it seem like it was awfully easy, except on Sunday it toughened up a little bit?
4: Yeah, I think if all four rounds would have been like it was Sunday, it would have been a lot different tournament. Um, no doubt about it. So I feel you know, bad for Matt and for John and in that regard, but you know they did a great job. What a great facility, great tournament. Uh, everything was ran well. Everybody I've talked to in the community uh had a great time going out and watching and i think we might have uh, you know again I, I made the comment i forget if it was to you or or not but i feel like stricker played so well that week he could have won on the pga tour i mean he just yeah. had it dialed in and um you combine that with the the soft conditions of the golf course and yeah obviously he uh he went pretty low out there
1: when you think about stricker winning Uh, If you were the person running Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, how happy would you be that a guy like Stricker is sort of the face now of your golf course after winning a major championship there?
4: Well, I think it's huge. I mean, (laughs) I think that if, you know, again, all champions, anybody that can win at that level is obviously terrific golfers. But to have a Midwestern guy uh, like him who's so well-respected be your champion, I think is, is pretty neat um i know that the senior pga you know has had a couple winners that we've never really heard of before um right. so i think for the cream of the crop and even with jerry Kelly, you looked at that leaderboard at notre dame it was all of the who's hoots there was really no you know kind of um uh, i won't say no names but not as familiar names so um i think what a great champion for for notre dame and for the u.s open and for the usga
1: tim how was blackthorne affected by warren golf course hosting this championship from the standpoint there was a golf course a lot of people play that was unavailable for a couple of weeks did you have a lot of new faces at blackthorne
4: yeah and i think it was definitely most notable during the tournament week we had a significant amount of -of out-of-town uh golfers that were shipping clubs in and Um, you know, trying to get a couple rounds in as they were watching golf, too. So um, that was uh, definitely an impact for us, which was great. Um, And then, you know, I mean, we were fortunate at Blackthorn to just kind of always be so busy. It's hard to really tell whether or not we picked up rounds during those weeks they were closed prior to the tournament. But definitely week of, we, we saw a significant impact
1: final time we'll get a chance to talk to you for this golf season anything you want to mention about coming up at blackthorne or signal point right now
4: well i mean obviously um this warm weather is a a challenge but we're getting through it um uh, we've got several events got coaches versus cancer uh coming up here in august um one of our biggest events on august 6th hard to believe i think it's our 19th year doing this darren um Mm. but uh that's always a great event and you know the golf course is open uh signal points in great shape as well we've lowered the rate to signal point i would encourage everybody to check out uh, blackthorngolf.com or signalpointclub.com we've got some new uh rates trying to stimulate some more rounds up there um, but love to have you, uh, come on out to, uh, and enjoy either one of our facilities. And then also keep in mind top golf is open uh, at five o'clock every night of the week, except Sunday. So, uh, when it's too hot outside, you can always go into the air condition and hit some balls inside.
1: I was going to ask you about that. This is kind of a new venture, not an outdoor golf setting an indoor golf setting. What have you learned about that industry being a part of that now for a few months?
4: Well, again, I think um, for us, it was really for this business to work is we were going to have to track the non-golfers. We needed the kids coming in there for birthday parties and we needed, the, you know, bachelor parties that were, you know, that could play the other games and not just be your hardcore golfers. And we've seen that. So mm-hmm. um, it's neat to see how all the different games are being utilized and it's not just your, um, you know, your golf fanatics utilizing the facility and that's what it's going to take for us to be successful there. So uh, we're seeing that and hopefully that continues to grow and, um, if you look at uh, the reviews and the responses that we're getting, uh, both on the technology and on the food, um, have been fantastic. So that's encouraging, and I know Top Golf at a corporate level is really excited about what they're seeing and uh, looking forward to this winter uh, of how we can really grow that business. So.
1: All right. So, how many times have you played golf this year?
4: Well, unfortunately, I think I've got nine holes in.
1: Oh.
4: Um, with nothing on the calendar until coaches versus cancer and i don't know if you can kind of scramble as a playing golf either you know what i mean sure so i think i gotta first of all let's get the temperature back down and um okay. you know then i can consider getting out there as soon as you do we'll make it okay we'll make you know a what we have
1: we haven't done a foster firestone pritchett threesome in probably about four years so maybe we can pull that off one day we should do that. And
4: we can take that notes be- for next year's league kickoff show.
1: Well, that could be put on Facebook Live and that could be a show in <laughs> itself. <laughs> Not live. Unreal. There you go. Hey, Tim, why don't you just <laughs> pass along the, the phone numbers that people want to set up uh, a tea time or maybe instruction or want to learn more about Top Golf? What are the phone numbers people should know?
4: The best number to call um, is 232 That's the number to Blackthorn, but our phone system can connect to any of the facilities. We can book tee time at any of the facilities right from Blackthorn. Um, so that would be the best number. I would encourage everybody to call to see how we can help you out.
1: Very good. Tim, always a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks for joining us once again on The Golf Show presented by Corona Premier, and hopefully we'll be talking to you again next year. That sounds great, Darren. Take care. That is Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn and Signal Point. We'll wrap up the Corona Premier Golf Show next from 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. I'm Darren Pritchett, back on the Corona Premier Golf Show on WSBT Radio. That concludes our season. A special thanks to people behind the scenes for making the show possible. Matt, Jerry, John, Cal, and Garrett. Thanks to my co-hosts. John Foster, the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, and Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn and Signal Point in Niles, Michigan. Always a pleasure talking golf with you, the golf fans in the Michiana area. Enjoy golf the rest of the year. We'll talk to you next spring. This has been the Corona Premier Golf Show from 96.1 WSBT South Bend,
0: the sports leader.